Hey there, and welcome to the Two Mom Life Podcast, a show for moms like us balancing it all and ready to live an inspired and full life. Everybody, welcome. I'm your host, Jody Fried, mom of four, Jewish community professional, and mother's empowerment coach. Motherhood is a journey, and on this podcast, inspired by Jewish thought, you will learn from other moms, receive practical advice, and loads of inspiration. Motherhood is messy and certainly not perfect. So here is to mom life, to finding your way, to finding perfect moments. Here is to you. When I think back to having my first child and my second, there was so much I didn't know. Like I hadn't heard of my inner child. And aside from that, I was so let down when my eldest stopped nursing at six months. It tore me apart and I felt that bonding was over. That's why I'm so excited to let you know about Heart from the Start, led by LCSW, Bracha Daum, and lactation consultant, Razie Jenk-Levitt, and their new workshops. Heart from the Start is calling all mothers to join them to learn to nurture your inner child, helping you become the mother you want to be. In these workshops, you'll discover how trust and safety at the newborn stage are so important in your baby's development and learn how the privilege of feeding your baby can be a satisfying experience for all. Be empowered to lay the foundation that'll ensure your child's success as she grows. There'll be seven live sessions, time for Q&A, but don't delay, ladies. The workshops start on Monday, January 17th. If you're a mom, this is for you. Sign up today for a special price at heartfromthestartparenting at gmail.com or by phone at 518-512-9686. Ladies, the more you can do to set yourself up for success from the beginning or from whenever, the better. Go learn about these workshops and please enjoy this episode. Ladies, you know, life is a journey. Life is a process. There's always something that we can be learning, always something we can do to be growing, always something, always a way that we can tune into, something to tune into, to honor ourselves. And Rena is really the embodiment of this. Today's episode with Rena Reiser, it's an eye-opener. You know when sometimes you just get a little bit of a jolt or a little bit of a shock, not in a bad way, but just causes you to adjust the way you look at something or change your perspective or reframe. And that's what this episode is. It's really powerful and can really help you to overcome stress to tune into your body and recognize all the things that your body can do for you and that your body can tell you. It's also not so often that you find, in the words of Anne of Green Gables, a kindred spirit, someone who you really, really connect with. And Mina is that for me. I really felt a deep Kesher, a deep connection with her from the beginning. And so I hope you enjoy this episode and this interview as much as I did. Rena has been a Kala teacher. She has training as an intuitive eating counselor, as a life coach in mindfulness for trauma and so much more. So please enjoy. If you love this episode and enjoy the podcast, please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people, other moms find us. And all together, we get to elevate our experiences elevate others and elevate the world. So you're doing that really makes a difference. Also feel free to shoot me a message and that's it for now. Enjoy. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to the Two Mom Life podcast. We are in for a treat today. I have Rena Reiser here with me. And Rena does a bunch of really interesting work for women, with women. And we're just going to dive right in. Rena, thank you for joining me. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Tell us a little bit about what you do and also your journey. You have a pretty powerful <laughs> journey, so we want to hear about it. Okay, well, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm happy to be here and to reciprocate. It's fun to be on someone else's podcast and not just <laughs> on my own. <laughs> so I guess I'll start there. So I have a podcast uh, called Tune In with Rena Reiser, and it's transitioned over the years. I actually started my work as a programmer. Computer and, programmer. Yeah, I built websites for many years. Um, I always did more feminine work on the side. I was a lactation counselor. I trained as a postpartum doula. Anyway, at some point, programming became my main focus. And I felt like there was something in me that was missing that I wanted to be doing more. And I discovered coaching and started with health coaching. And then I transitioned into intuitive eating coaching. But really what I always wanted to do with my clients and what I always worked on was what's at the root of what you're struggling with? So when it was working with clients on their food, like what is really getting in the way of you being able to just eat healthily most of the time? Like when you're stressed out, how can you work on the stress instead of saying like, oh, I'm stressed out now. And so my, the way I'm eating just like went out the window. How can we work on the stress that's really underlying it? And it just evolved over the years. I mean, I've been doing this now. I've been coaching for eight or nine years now. And it really has transitioned into really helping women get to the root, get to the core of their struggles by using what's referred to as a bottom-up approach, using our bodies, using the sensations in our bodies to create healing and create space inside and really create lasting change in, from the inside out. Hmm. So tell us more about that. What is that bottom-up approach look like? And I think just from familiarizing myself a little bit with your work that what you do, it's not necessarily so well known or practiced in the Jewish community. So I want to hear more about what does that bottom up mean? And what does it really mean to like harness those sensations in your body to kind of bring you to life and reduce the stress? I guess I'll go back in time a little bit to when I was a programmer. And when I lived most of my life from kind of my neck and up, everything was cognitive. I had to problem solve using my cognition and figure out why there were bugs in the website, why things weren't working. And it was a very, you know, I had to think through the process. The world in general, you mentioned the Jewish community, but I think the world in general tends to favor a more top to bottom approach of looking at life and of problem solving. So what ends up happening is let's say that you're struggling with something. So you might write a pros and cons list. You might like talk it out with a lot of people. And there's definitely value in that. Using a bottom-up approach, which I'll describe in a second, doesn't mean that we negate the top-down mm -hmm. approach. And we just say that's worthless. It has a lot of value, tremendous value. But in order to be balanced, we want to be using both. So what it means to use a bottom-up approach is using our bodies to create change. Our bodies throughout the day are constantly giving us signs of how we're feeling, a sense we're getting about life, a, a circumstance that's happening to us that we're involved in, but we don't always pay attention to what's going on inside. So I'll give you an example that a lot of people can relate to. If you think back to maybe when you were in school and you were about to take a big test, right? So you might have like some butterfly and you made a face. <laughs> you, like, <laughs> what did you, when I said those words, what did you notice in your body? 
I'm in like a, a tensing, I think. Tension. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. So noticing that tension, that tensing that happened inside of your body. Okay. So somebody who's listening, maybe you notice like a kind of a butterfly kind of a feeling or so all of a sudden your head started to hurt. And so when we can look at these reactions that our bodies have and we can go into them and explore from that place, what's my body feeling right now? Why is it giving me this sign? What am I scared of? Like deep down, what is this part of me so scared of that this is the reaction it's having? And what does it need? And we, we kind of get into a conversation with what's called our felt sense, that sense that we're getting inside of our bodies, how it feels. And it kind of takes on like a life force of its own and takes on like human kind of characteristics where it has feelings and it has needs and it can communicate with us. And it sounds kind of weird, but when we can really listen to what those parts of our bodies are telling us and sharing with us, we can actually create a strong change from the inside out by truly giving us what we need. So let's say we have a problem that we're grappling with. So we can talk about it, which tends to be, you know, a neck up kind of experience. We talk about it with lots of people and we spend hours, you know, going back and forth and weighing all the different angles of the situation that we're dealing with. But when we go from that place inside, it gives us information pretty quickly. It takes a little bit of time to really listen, but it gives us the information quickly and helps us come to resolution in a much more specific way for what we need, as opposed to taking in everybody else's opinions and all the information we've gotten from the world. Our bodies inside have a way to direct us and how to move things forward. So can you paint a picture for us? Maybe give an example either that you make up or maybe maybe a client has dealt with or that's kind of more of a common thing. And what is listening to that felt sense? How would that direct, you know, what direction to go or what to do, you know, different leads and cons list and talking things out in a more logical way? Okay, so I can think of an example recently that I used myself. It was a Friday morning, so Arab Shabbos. And I had a big to-do list, had lots of things I needed to get done. And what the first thing I just noticed in myself was I just noticed an overall feeling of stress. I noticed that my breath was kind of shallow. I was breathing not so deeply. And I was trying to take deep breaths and something wasn't letting me. It felt blocked. Okay, so if I would have done this from a top-down approach, I would have said, okay, well, what am I stressed about? Okay, well, I'm stressed about Chavez. Okay, but you have your to-do list. You know what you have to do today. And yes, it's a short Friday, but you can make this happen. You've done this hundreds of times. Yeah. <laughs> you will be okay. <laughs> you will get through this. You will make it to Shabbos and everything's going to be fine. Right? And I could give myself that kind of pep talk. But I know for myself that I, I can kind of end up looping and not actually move forward. And I'll just stay in that stress. I might talk to myself the whole air of Shabbos and tell myself I'm okay and I'm going to be okay. But I won't actually deal with the stress. So what I did instead was I lay down and I noticed, like I said, that first thing that my breath felt really, really shallow. And I just sat there with that for a moment and said, okay, I'm going to take a few minutes now. I have a long to-do list, but I know that if I take these few minutes now, it's going to make a huge difference to my to-do list and everything I need to get done. And I lay down and I checked in with that short breath, that shallow breath. And right away, I got this sense that there was something blocking inside. It just felt like there was something blocking the breath from really being able to be like a good deep belly breath. And as I sat with it, it just, it became this sense of overwhelm. It just felt like I'm just overwhelmed about my day. And it felt like all that overwhelm was like sitting like beneath my diaphragm. 
uh-huh. you know, in your well, gut. Yeah, but that whole area, like I just, I couldn't breathe deeply into that place. I just noticed it. Wow, there's overwhelm there and it feels really big and it's kind of blocking my breath to be able to go deeply into me, right? For me able to be as deep as I wanted to be. And as I sat with this overwhelm, I didn't have to, for me, it was so clear. Just sit with this overwhelm. That's what you're feeling right now. And just let that overwhelm be there. And there were all kinds of thoughts going through my mind about everything I needed to get done. And I just acknowledged them. They were all part of this big mm-hmm. ball of overwhelm that was sitting inside of me. And as I sat with it, and this is happening pretty quickly over the course of just a few minutes, the overwhelm kind of got shorter, but from my stomach and up, like it just kept getting shorter, but the upper half of it, if that makes any sense, it was like shrinking okay. upwards. Okay. And as the overwhelm shrunk upwards, my breath got deeper and deeper. And there was this release inside of me that was, okay, I can go on now. And I was able to get up and get ready for Shabbos and everything went smoothly. And I felt good afterwards. At that point, like first you acknowledged the stress, then you took a minute to go lie down, which from that top down approach seems totally counterintuitive, right? Right. You have so much to do. And you said it was just a few minutes to really ask that overwhelm some questions. I love that. And I do it too in various ways and different aspects of life. But like, what are the questions that you asked the overwhelm that enabled it shrink upwards? And then, I mean, it felt to me as you were talking, and I don't know if this is how you experienced it at all, but like, it felt to me like that overwhelm just kind of like came bursting out of your mouth. (laughs) Actually, itself, you know. Now that you're saying that, you're reminding me that I do remember there was like a sense of sadness that overcame me in my throat. And I kind of just, I kept yawning it out. It didn't mm. like burst forth. It just kept coming out in a yawn, like over and over mm. again. It was really interesting. interesting. Um, but what kind of questions would I ask it? So I don't remember the specifics, but in sure. general, the questions I would ask are things like, what are you feeling right now? Why are you feeling this way? What made you feel this way? Sometimes the why doesn't ask the question enough that it's able to respond. What do you need from me right now? And then I ask it, how can I help you? Meaning, what can I give to you right now to help you move forward? Very simple questions, but they're so powerful and they make such a difference. Does that overwhelm answer the questions in your head? Like for you or for your clients, like what's the process? Does the overwhelm answer or not. <laughs> so it usually answers. And it, when it doesn't answer, that's a sign that there's something else that's blocking and getting in the way of it answering. And then that becomes the thing that we focus on. Okay. There's something that's preventing the overwhelm from being able to respond. So let's get curious and find out what's that thing. What does it want to say to us? What does it want to share with us? That's beautiful. And amazing to me how sometimes really just a few minutes or one or two very simple tools can make the biggest difference. Because like for you, that was one era of Shabbos, but how many times in life do we have stressful situations, you know, and sometimes it's trivial stress and sometimes it's really important stress. I mean, it's all important, but just the fact that you can have this one tool and you can use it over and over again, and you can probably use it out a day, like stress might kind of arise multiple times a day and you can just ground yourself by accessing that feminine energy and listening to your body. Absolutely. On a therapeutic level, it usually takes a lot longer than a few minutes Mm. Um, because there tend to be things that are stuck inside of us from long, long ago, and they need usually a lot more than just a few minutes. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is after working on 
my Arab Shabbos many, many times. So then I was able to, you know, quickly go in and resolve it as opposed to, I've spent many hours focusing on my Arab Shabbos. Situation. Yeah, no, thanks for making that distinction because you've done a lot of work to get to the point where it can be resolved and you help people work through that inner peace, right? I mean, that's part yeah. of what you do and how you support women. What are the main things that hold people back from accessing this more feminine approach? Is it just the knowledge that they don't know what's possible or how to do this work, how to listen to their bodies, or is there more there? So some people just, it doesn't speak to them. That's okay. It's totally fine. Everyone has their own way of working through things. And if what you're doing works for you, then that's great. That's totally fine. But for the women that this resonates with, a lot of times it's the very thing that is preventing us from doing this work. That is the very thing that we need to go into in order to be able to effectively do this work. So a lot of things like perfectionism tends to come up of wanting quick solutions, wanting to be able to be there already, wherever there is. Being able to recognize that I can take this slowly, even as we're doing the process. I don't even mean slowly over a length of time, like multiple days, weeks, or months, but or years even. But even in this moment, can I actually take the 10 minutes, the half hour, the hour to slow down my day, slow down my thinking, slow down my breathing, slow down my whole self so that I can really, truly listen deeply inside. Again, we're, we're used to just talking about things for good reason. Women were given nine portions of speech. <laughs> we should <laughs> be speaking a lot. Absolutely. But there's this other more introspective aspect of ourselves that I believe we owe to ourselves to be able to take that time to really listen inside. And that's an obstacle for a lot of women to think what could possibly come out of that. And what's funny about it is that I'm trying so hard right now to explain what this is. But anyone that's listening to this recording is processing it through our cognition. Yes. And so we're trying to understand something that's a bottom up approach through a top down way of hearing it. It's something that usually once women experience, they're able to be like, oh, right. Okay. Now I get it. Now I see how this is valuable, how this can really help me move forward. So how can women experience this? What's the first step for the listeners who are saying, this sounds really interesting. This sounds like something I want to delve more into and maybe explore and access. What's their first step, Rina? <laughs> what should they do? <laughs> well, I do have a free download that they can use. I have a, what I call my tune-in journal, and it outlines the steps of exactly how to go through this process. And I've had an accompanying meditations with it that really guides you through exactly how to do this, how to create that space inside to be able to really listen inside, how to wait for that felt sense to come up, because it's not just there. Like people think like, oh, well, I have a backache or I have a headache like that. We know we want to know what's beneath that. We want to get to know it even deeper. So how we can allow that felt sense to come up, and it can feel safe enough to come up and then getting into dialogue with it listening to what it has to say, mm -hmm. and then coming to a place of resolution. I mean, those are the simple steps, which are not so easy to put into action, but those are the simple steps. Step one is always awareness. And you even mentioned it earlier when you were talking about how you noticed the stress, like the stress came into your awareness and you, you really acknowledged it. You didn't just push it aside. And I think that you know, in a similar way, like for anybody who's listening to this episode and thinking, this sounds really interesting. And this sounds like it might help me like just having that. That's the awareness, like that's the awareness. Right. And then enable yourself to say yes 
to that and to acknowledge it and then think about like, what's the one next step that I can take, you know? So like that one next step is go download that journal because, you know, it's just like putting one foot in front of the other to eventually like expand your being and expand the way that you show up and expand the way that you feel and your relationship with yourself and your relationship with the world and with God and other people. It's like, I'm getting so excited because it just grows and grows when you take that first step of acknowledging that awareness. Absolutely. What else would you like to share with our listeners today? What's another tip or a piece of advice or anything else that you think is pertinent to the moms listening to us talking today? Well, I think we've heard hundreds, if not thousands of times that if we don't give to ourselves, then we can't possibly give to those around us, to our kids. And I think, again, we try to solve that from a cognitive place, which has its merit and has its place. But there's so much more that when we can try to give to ourselves from the inside out, it's been my personal experience. And that's why I feel so strongly about this, that, you know, people might go for a massage, a physical massage and feel better. And this is kind of like a massage from the inside out that we can give to ourselves. And it brings a level of tranquility, inner peace, resonance, integration, all the things that we want in our lives. It brings it from a place where we're taking an active role in our healing process. And whether that's healing from small things in life, big things in life, we all have things we want to heal from. And this allows us to be able to do that. So You know, it doesn't have to be these specific types of sessions, which are called focusing sessions. It doesn't have to be through focusing. It can be through what I I also offer, embodied dance sessions, where through music and movement, we like can move things within our system. It could be through creative journaling. It could be through all kinds of different ways. But that's one takeaway that I would love women to have is that there are so many more feminine approaches to how we can give to ourselves on a day-to-day basis that I think we owe to ourselves and our families to really give that to ourselves. So beautiful. Rena, this has been such a, an enlightening conversation. And I really do feel like this lightness talking to you. Hmm. Um, tell us, like, where can everybody find you? The best place to find me is on my website, renoreiser.com. Reno with an E. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, yeah, there are people can contact me and find out about my different offerings, my dance sessions. Everything's there. My tune-in journal. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll put the links to the TuneIn Journal and to Rena's website in the show notes so that you can just, it's one click away, one quick click away. Amazing. Rena, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for having me. Yes, you're welcome. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Two Mom Life podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please remember to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about me and my work helping moms feel filled up and in balance, or helping moms integrate family adventures, big and small, into mom life, or to explore how we can work together, visit my website, loveadventuremom.com, or find me on Facebook and Instagram at the handle loveadventuremom. Till next time, l'chaim to life.